0: start off with a hybrid maybe 3 in the office, 2 at home and see how it goes. Measure it, study it, right? Because we are trying to figure it out in terms of companies, organizations, industries of what may work and what may not. Now, other companies and uh, leaders have taken a much firm, firmer stance, like we're going to be in the office or not. But you even even
1: you've had you've even seen sort of a little bit of resistance or pushback on that as well welcome to the ripple effect the podcast that takes you on a journey through the minds of Wharton faculty i'm your host dan loney and in each episode we'll be diving deep into the inspiration behind the groundbreaking research that wharton professors have conducted and exploring how their findings resonate with the world today well the topic of time management has always been a part of the discussion of having a successful career but some of those elements have changed due to what we experienced during the coronavirus pandemic and the fact that remote work has become a more integral part of our lives. Pleasure to be joined here in studio by Michael Park, Assistant Professor of Management here at the Warden School. Michael, great to see you. Thanks so much for having me. So the dynamics of, of obviously, time management are rooted in our history as a country, as a culture, et cetera. How do you think, though, it has kind of developed with the pandemic and, and all that we've experienced over the last few years? Absolutely. I mean, I think that... Instead of time management, I often even
0: like to broaden it out to self-management, right? And when you have structure, which we had a lot of in terms of going to work, you have your commute, you get to work, you have an office, you have a routine. And then when the pandemic just sort of changed that for so many people where you have to find a new structure at home, a different office, you have different distractions, you have some less distractions because you don't have colleagues, but you might have kids. You might have a lot of other devices at your at your house that you may not have had access to at work. It was relearning how to find routines and structure and manage your time at a home office, especially if you weren't used to that, especially if you didn't work at home before the pandemic. So I think it really radically shifted how people figured out how to be disciplined, how to do their work, and how to allocate their time in a different space, in a different way once we shifted a lot to remote
1: work. What do you think then are the expectations as we move forward here? Because obviously the pandemic for the most part is behind us. Uh, We still have remote work as a component, but you have more companies, you know, as we move further away from this that are starting to call workers back into the office more full-time. How do you think the dynamic is going to play out here? Is it going to be company by company or are we going to see more of a return to what we remember pre-pandemic?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, that's one of the key questions out there. And I can't say I have a strong prediction or an answer. I think what you see is different companies trying different things. And one of um, one of the professors um, at Stanford who's studied a lot of the remote work, Nick Bloom, he's, his advice in the past year or so has been to companies is to kind of experiment, right? Start off with the hybrid, maybe three in the office, two at home, and see how it goes. Measure it. Study it. Right, because we are trying to figure it out in terms of companies, organizations, industries of what may work and what may not. Now, other companies and uh, leaders have taken a much firm, firmer stance. Like we're going to be in the office or not. But you even even you've had you've even seen sort of a little bit of resistance or pushback on that as well. So I think right now we're trying to figure it out. And I don't have a strong prediction of what's going to win out. If I had to take a guess, I think. Overall, what we're going to see is much more flexibility, meaning that we're going to give workers more flexibility of where they work and how they work than they have in the past. And I think overall that is a good thing for for workers and their productivity and their engagement as well as um, for companies. But we'll see. We'll see what the data shakes up with that.
1: It's very interesting that the voice of the employee of the worker seemingly has more strength behind it now than maybe we've ever seen it before. And maybe that's in part a byproduct of what we're seeing with all the unionization activity as well. But the voice of the employee really is carrying a lot of weight at the moment. I mean, I would definitely say it seems that way, anecdotally at least, right? Where the
0: stories you hear and the the leaders I talk to and, you know, we can't get workers back to work. What do you mean? How do they have a choice in the first place, right? Like, can't you just make them? And I think that's in spirit of, one, you did see this galvanization of, well, we're all trying to figure out how to cope, how to battle this pandemic together. Mm -hmm. And we want, we know people are struggling. We know it's very difficult. It's uncertain. And you had this sort of sense of purpose in us banding together and helping each other out. And I think there's been some lingering effects there with... Well, what makes sense? This like when you're forced to totally shift gears, it's an opportunity for companies and employees and leaders to reflect, well, what makes sense? Does it make sense for me to spend hours commuting when I could spend that time productively on my computer now that we've figured out how to work yeah. from a remote standpoint? And so I think that both business logic but also like human care and, and well-being, which has also been a center the, the past few years as well, those forces merging together, I think, has led to this open conversation of, well, let's try to craft something that works for you and for us as a company. Whereas before, I don't think it was malicious or intentional. We, it was just what we did. We just went right. to work. Right. right.
1: And there are obviously, I think it's also a, a scenario of it, it really depends on the job that you have in the sector maybe that exactly. you work in. Totally. Because obviously somebody who's a firefighter, police officer can't do that job remote. Somebody that's a banker that's in you know in that field, I think the expectation is a lot of companies want them in there. There exactly. are jobs that will work remote and there are jobs that just won't work remote. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's fears both
0: ways, right? There's fears of if you don't let people work remote, um, Will that just drive dissatisfaction? Will they then try to go to jobs that have more flexibility? But then you have the other side, the fear of like, well, if we don't bring two people together, like I know leaders in particular are worried about uh, maintaining that culture, maintaining those relationships, building where work is central and people are focused and you're building those bonds. And right now, at least with the current technology, we don't have a good substitute for getting people together in person. That still does seem to be the strongest driver of, those bonds, that cohesion and that those little things that do kind of make the place, make the culture of the place and so
1: forth, yeah. The term you used before, self-management, I think is is very interesting for this dynamic that we're seeing play out in that truly it is because when you're somebody that is working from home, now it seems more than ever that we see the workday broken up and that that allows you to obviously still do your job but it allows you to, if you have small kids, to be able to take them and take care of them at home or if you have to run an errand, take care of that. And that's a dynamic that is, obviously, it feels very different to what we've had in and around the workplace. But as you alluded to, companies are accepting of this now. That's a, a part of the different mindset as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when you have the freedom and flexibility, as long as you, you know, the key the key glue here is that trust, yeah. right? where employers trust their employees to get their work done to not be slacking off to contribute to the company and then it's like okay if our goals are aligned our priorities are aligned then we trust you to structure your days the way that works best for you so if you need to work early before your kids get up then take a couple hours to get them to school but then you're going to make up that time and deliver the work like that works for us you know now there's coordination costs Sure. Right. Because if you do need to integrate with people, schedules and diaries can be more challenging to sort of align and things like that, yeah. which is another problem. But if it's sort of this individual level relationship with the individual employee in the organization, yeah, that trust is that glue to kind of you. we trust you. You can self-manage. We're going to we're going to evaluate you on are you
1: delivering the work at a high level and that's what matters to us so you know. let me play devil's advocate here for a moment because part of the discussion as well is okay we're allowing people to do that and it works for them but you've also taken the work day and you've basically lengthened it out in many cases to where it's like a 14-hour window instead of being an eight-hour window or that that dynamic may vary a little bit yeah and there are people who are out there that are concerned that we were so connected to our work beforehand we've kind of, it feels like even increased that more. You say say what to that? So
0: I think there's two, so I think that is definitely happening and there can be a fear that, uh, scholars have looked at this in terms of job creep, right? Where you get increasing demands, but there's also time creep where yeah. the work doesn't turn off, you know, and and I don't have commute to like transition from work to home. I'm just at home. And so now I can check my phone during dinner. And, yes. and like, right. So I think there's two mechanisms to kind of regulating that. And that's why self-management is so important. One is ourselves. Like, are we conscious of what we're doing in our actions? To make sure we have the structure of like, okay, what are our work hours and what are our non-work hours? Yeah. And are we holding ourselves accountable to those, right? And so one is on ourselves to set up those um, those mechanisms to be disciplined to not allowing the time to creep to work. The right. other is culturally, right? And you see organizations do this as well, where some at the extreme end are mandating you cannot email at these time, right? right? That's the strong end. Right. Others uh, sort of use social norms, right? Where... They, the, the norm is like, okay, don't email people after these hours or don't expect a response. Right. We, we expect a response during certain hours, okay. but after that, there's no expectation of response. So that's culturally built in. So those two mechanisms help deal with this concern or the actuality of, wow, you're working a lot longer and that can have a cost.
1: I guess then it's going to be interesting to see this play out as we move forward. The baby boomer generation is coming, you know, kind of, They have transitioned and have this component mixed in all the other generations. But the younger generations, as we move forward, are going to really this is going to what they're going to understand this to be the norm. And I think that's going to be the unique dynamic to watch Mm. out is how they react to this moving forward. And if any of those dynamics change, how much they I don't know if I want to use the word revolt, but they they you know, they battle back against what they perceive to be not the norm anymore. I mean I think I think it's a super interesting question right and at least
0: you know when I teach my undergraduate students and we're having lunch and I hear a lot of them say they're they're excited about their internships which are in person right sure. and yeah. you you did see some data that the younger people who are maybe single new professionals in these offices like they were the ones that wanted in work uh, in person work more often than people that might have established families and so forth because you have different priorities right sure. and so I think that both, A, what are they interested in, but B, yeah, having the opportunity or flexibility to pursue what they want to pursue in terms right. of work arrangement, I think that's important to everyone. And I could definitely see younger people maybe demanding, but also trying to find a job that offers that that ability to seek the type of work arrangement that they want. Yes. I think that's going to be a new like that's when you're looking for jobs, right? You're like have cultural fit, job fit, doesn't match my skills. I think work arrangement is probably a criteria that's moved up there for younger people than it was in the past where everything was just kind of assumed to be in person or remote. Right.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm going to ask you somewhat of a theoretical question here next, because we have become such uh, kind of connected to all of the technology that we have in our lives. And I've I've often wondered whether or not this change around remote work might have happened even without the pandemic because of the connectivity that we have through technology and because of all the platforms. It may have taken a lot longer to occur, but maybe whether or not it still would have happened to a degree down the road. Yeah. Fascinating. I I think that uh,
0: so there would there would have had to be some impetus for for changing or moving that way and when everyone was forced to and then real like you don't have a choice right or again uh, certain industries we were home there was no other option there was no other option for certain industries. we we always have to acknowledge like certain industries didn't have that luxury didn't have the choice we're still risking their lives we're still on the ground floor like we have to acknowledge that but for those organizations that had that choice those industries that had the choice they were forced to it it made it simpler for leaders to just accept that choice and figure it out with they they so all their fears of like will this work yeah right they didn't have to think about it. They didn't have to worry about it. And now you that's what I think you see with this uncertainty of like, do we bring people back to work or not? Yeah. Because all of the fears are at play and they have to make those decisions now. Yeah. So maybe if there was impetus of like, we could save so much money without renting, you know, Manhattan real estate prices yeah. or commercial, or things that like maybe move that, let's try it. But I think the, I think where you probably would have seen it eventually is um, startup companies, disruptive companies where they're trying this right. and it's working. Right. And then older companies, more established companies, were are like learning from them and implementing those policies. Right. That's probably where you could have seen this change occur over time. So yeah. you
1: bring up something very interesting about the real estate component. And realistically, even though we have this dynamic that it's already changed. Yes and we have remote work and and we're obviously talking about time management. Yeah. That there are still elements of this that are still yet to play out, you know, repercussions from it or downstream impacts. Yes. That we're going to be seeing play out realistically over the next 10 or 20 years, aren't we?
0: Yes. Absolutely. And 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 there's opportunities and challenges with that, right? Depending on the industries, depending on business models, there's going to be new innovation, there's going to be new creativity when you bring in artificial intelligence and all the tools we're seeing there. Right. Like, will we even manage our own time or we're going to outsource that, outsource that to computers and AI who can just do that more efficiently. And you see applications like trying to do that and trying to save that time for people to do your scheduling for you. Right. And I I don't think we're quite there yet in terms of the ability of these tools, but we're going to get there. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of fascinating questions of like, how is this all going to play out? And, 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 You know, what has been true, I think, for people uh, for a long time is always interested in ways to improving yourself and your productivity. Right. Right. And time management, self-management often at that. And so a lot of the tools we we do have been things, something as simple as like setting up routines around planning your time, you know, planning your weeks, scheduling your priorities, going back to an old uh, Stephen Covey quote from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Schedule your priorities, right? Otherwise, your time will fill up and you won't be getting done the meaningful work. So planning, discipline, uh, having accountability mechanisms so that you don't detract from uh, res- fall through to resistance, that take you away from your priorities. So I think those things will always be constant, but then you're going to have these tools that might be able to assist you in doing those things more efficiently and more effectively, which is also very exciting. Yeah.
1: Michael, great to talk with you. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. You got it. Michael Park, who is a assistant professor of management here at the Wharton School thank you for listening to The Ripple Effect. We hope you found this episode informative and engaging. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review so that we can continue to bring you the best insight from the Wharton School.